Nowadays, you hear the terms smart farming, smart manufacturing, smart infrastructure, intelligent transportation systems, etc. used often. Advancements in computer vision software, artificial intelligence and machine learning, robotics and drones have transformed traditional agriculture, manufacturing and transportation. The primary goal of automation technology is to cover easier and mundane tasks. To what extent will these technologies change the way we live? Can they improve how we experience the world or is it just a hype? I am Renuka Racha and today in this episode of Tech 2030 A6G World podcast, we will talk about the various aspects in which the human experience is enhanced with the application of technologies. Now, I'll break this down for uh, for you, uh, at least touching upon some of the very interesting verticals that I'm personally invested in. That is Ganesh Harinath, Vice President and CTO of 5G Mobile Edge Computing, AI platforms and next generation applications at Verizon Media, explaining what is powering smart agriculture and manufacturing and intelligent transportation systems. The definition of manufacturing has, has actually changed in the last few years. It is an expectation that everything should be automated. It's an expectation that you have to use uh, AI to improve efficiencies. I can actually cite a community example and I can actually cite an industrial automation example where we are actually very deeply uh, engaged in. In today's world, if we were to continue to build servers, it's very easy. We can continue to build servers and it goes down the line when it hits the quality group, they determine there's an issue. We want to course correct that and determine an issue very early on when the parts are being assembled. A video camera capturing all the activities and then recommending or suggesting in an event of a scenario, scenario CPU is not being plugged in properly. And these are some of the things my team is actively working on. What do we do and how do we do this? This is where edge compute comes into play and 5G private comes into play too where the video feeds uh, are fed into the edge compute platform using private 5G. A advanced AI is applied to surface uh, insights. Uh, what's the impact? Uh, uh, astronomical uh, improvement in efficiencies is what we, are, we will actually start to see in the space. And the same template can be applied across various activities in uh, manufacturing. So when you take a closer look at uh, any vertical, Fabric, which is 5G, is going to play an astronomical role. Uh, in few cases, 5G private. In many cases, 5G public will start to experience. Artificial intelligence is going to play a very, very big role where we start to see insights uh, and, and help make the right decisions and in many cases be able to forecast as well. Uh, so uh, the other very important undercurrent, when you take any ecosystem besides fabric, you need compute and you need storage. And there's a lot of innovation around these spaces too. Uh, SSDs, uh, quantum compute. When you are in the produce section in a grocery store, have you noticed that the tomatoes, apples, oranges appear to be of similar size and color? 
that's not a coincidence how is the technology applied from farming to packaging and delivering the produce to consumers i'll tell you in the last uh, few months what's becoming near and dear is uh, the space of consumer and where ai is really touching people in many way forms or fashion and what i'm saying is beyond work so uh, i'm starting to understand the produce industry as i take a closer look at it it's so fascinating to see how computer vision is actually used to really separate out different grades of a produce meaning uh, in a clear case of a blueberry taking pictures from 20 different dimensions applying machine learning and ensuring it goes and then falls into the right bin that way it gets packaged and then it shows up in costco and so on and computer vision is actually powering there <laughs> some technologies that are being applied by farms include harvest automation autonomous tractors seeding weeding and drones the benefits of automating traditional processes are monumental in improving operations as well as tackling issues from consumer preferences labor shortages and the environmental footprint at the end of the day uh, costs come down when we start to improve efficiencies and i personally am uh, starting to see how Uh, we can actually build and deploy uh, different machine learning applications to help uh, uh, plan and improve costs uh, and the word digital twin of anything would be very very normal and common in years to come so what does it mean uh, a replica or a digital version uh, near real time uh, being able to uh, surface insights uh reflecting the exact state of the situation so it be network so it be uh, uh, infrastructure uh, in terms of the utilizations and then so on and then we can actually start to work on building uh, fantastic models to come up with a, a very very cost effective approach uh, of distributing uh, the infrastructure and so on not just telecommunication in in any case for that matter and that's a space that actually starting to evolve a digital twin is a virtual representation that serves as the real time digital counterpart of a physical object or process you can also think about it as a virtual clone though the concept originated earlier attributed to michael greaves then professor at university of michigan in 2002 The first practical definition of digital twin originated from NASA to improve physical model simulation of spacecraft in 2010. Digital twins are the result of continual improvement in the creation of product design and engineering activities. An essential feature of a digital twin is the communication link between it and the original physical object it is replicating. Sensors on the physical object identify what is happening in the real world and reflect those effects on the digital twin. Then computers can work out the best response for the digital twin and this response also takes place on the original object. One example is the application of digital twin paradigm to the vehicle to cloud based advanced driver assistance systems also known as ADAS on connected vehicles. In the system, 
the cloud server creates a digital world based on the received data, processes it using the proposed models, and sends it back to the connected vehicles in the real world. Drivers can benefit from this digital twin paradigm and improve their driving experience even if all the computations are conducted in the digital world that is the cloud. This entire process sounds like a lot of work going on in the backstage. Would 5G be sufficient to enable this real-time application? Ganesh Harinath explains. Uh, it's fascinating how 5G is actually going to change the entire ecosystem. Uh, but uh, the very important question that you ask, is 5G enough for the next generation application? I'm sure there's already conversation around 6G, but when you take a closer look at any uh, uh, generation of wireless, latency is very, very important and bandwidth is uh, very important. There are many attributes that gets factored into a generational change uh, in wireless, but uh, we all thrive to bring in the 10x change, in, in few cases, 100x change from generation to generation to generation. So what does it mean? Today, in, in a 4G LT world, uh, we uh, two-dimensional. Two we watch a lot of video content. The habits have changed. And this is where um, human, we all try to uh, improve or enhance human experience. Uh, and there's a, a community aspect, which is super important, which I'll, which I'll touch upon uh, in, in short order. But when you take a closer look at, from the technology perspective, there is so much power in, in the hand today as, as, as a phone, but it really requires seamless connectivity. And that's where 4G plays a very big role in actually helping us download content, uh, have interactions through apps, make our lives easy, uh, making those, uh, uh, placing those Uber calls, making those reservations on the palm. And uh, as you start to look forward, uh, the needs are right there. AR, VR, uh, 8K. So, so what is the change? The biggest change as we start to experience, uh, as, as we try to improve human experience, the data and AI is becoming super important and it has to become, it has to get closer and closer to where the experience is, uh, primarily to make the experience real and near real time. Digital twin technology increases efficiency between organizations, products and customers by sharing detailed information about a physical object with a large number of agents unconstrained by physical location or time. In his white paper on digital twin technology in the manufacturing industry, Michael Greaves noted that, I quote, in the past, factory managers had their office overlooking the factory so that they could get a feel for what was happening on the factory floor. With a digital twin, not only the factory manager, but everyone associated with this factory production could have the same virtual window to not only a single factory, but to all the factories across the globe. With data being collected and shared for the applications, there are always concerns of security and privacy. Uh, the whole ecosystem, the technology ecosystem, have been paying utmost attention, especially for the for, for looking at some of the recent attacks, ransomware attacks. So it'll, uh, these things will continue to exist, but we'll actually fight them out. And if if uh, 10 years ago or 15 years ago, when internet started, if we had the view that oh my God, if we're putting all these uh, 
important valuable resources on the internet oh something is going to go wrong then we wouldn't have been here so with every good this 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 portion of evil that that's actually tied we have to find ways to fight those things out that way we can actually move forward uh, fighting the ecosystem uh, and and making it more meaningful uh, there we definitely there's, there's a need for enhancing the security and there's a lot of work that's actually going on uh, i i'm a user of security than uh, a player of security and data privacy is primarily uh, uh, it's 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 more uh, uh, around how you manage data so far consumers and enterprises have high speed internet access from 4g 5g technologies deployed predominantly as terrestrial networks in urban areas rural areas still have very limited internet access with low speeds and poor quality of service over the past several years the world has witnessed resurging interest in the broadband delivered by low earth orbiting also known as leo non terrestrial networks with large satellite constellations such as starlink and oneweb uh by any means i'm not an expert in that space but when i take a closer look at it uh, evolution of satellite communication the ease at which today we can actually uh, send satellites to space as uh, becoming uh, very very normal very normal and i can share my own experience i aspire to experience space i couldn't have said this 10 years ago today uh, and especially today for sure yes because as early as last weekend uh, virgin galactic richard branson sir richard branson has experienced space uh, first uh, ordinary human being becoming an astronaut through his uh, flight and he built it and he made it happen and he experienced it too so we'll start to see a tremendous amount of trends uh, primarily in terms of cost efficiencies to deploy satellites uh, low earth orbit and also in, uh, other orbits too we'll see cost of satellite communication coming down uh, elon musk starlink uh, uh, starting to disrupt that ecosystem where uh, wireless satellite communication can be made available to benefit from the economies of scale the satellite industry is working with mobile standards organizations to integrate satellite networks into the 5g ecosystem space based broadband is another transformative technology that can reduce the digital divide in the us access to high speed internet is a problem for about 60% of rural residents versus 30% of suburban or urban residents according to the newly released united nations 2021 world social report reconsidering rural development new approaches made possible through improved access and internet connectivity can raise the standard of living for approximately 3.4 billion people living in rural areas without them having to migrate to cities i ran a, a community program where 20 high school uh, high schoolers interned as part of a program that i ran which was uh, which was focused on sustainability uh, one of the united nations goal and uh, with that uh, i took a closer look at some of the united nations goal and my lifetime goal is to uh, work closely and then bring in a change primarily around computer li- literacy which is tied to education uh, which is more relevant to the lives that we have led through pandemic 
and this is where I'm a big believer of uh, dis disseminating information in, in, in its best form and in its easiest form too. Easiest is language. And today, all, with all these language translators, there are a lot of softwares, uh, but how is this going to happen? Uh, that, that can happen when a lot of the capabilities like the gadgets, devices, uh, be commoditized, make it easily available across the globe. So that's my own journey, but uh, your specific question about what the corporation is doing, uh, both Verizon and Verizon Media are very generous working with communities from different dimensions. I, I personally don't run any of those programs. The COVID-19 pandemic, together with already persistent high levels of poverty and inequalities, are threatening to stall progress for the world's rural populations. How can new technologies enable rural populations to flourish, ending the rural-urban divide? Ganesh suggests that innovation should prioritize and address needs over wants. Things should be available. And now when you take a closer look at very remote area, how can you actually solve? And that's a very complex problem. And this is where uh, organizations like United Nations can actually play, continue to play a big role. Where we, we design systems, meaningful systems. And see, the sad part is innovation always happens towards wants. That's the sad part. If certain amount of energy is focused on innovation towards needs, that would be a fascinating change to address a very large population where their basic needs are not met. And there should be investments that should really go into these areas. That way, uh, uh, foundations like the United Nations can very easily put a program together in a very cost-effective way. And uh, why should, I, mean, I question myself, why should we innovate only towards experiences? Why should we innovate towards uh, the needs that has to be met? By 2030, with the advancements and access to space travel, Ganesh hopes to travel to his hometown in India in two hours versus 24 hours now. Here are his thoughts on how technologies and experiences will be in 2030. There'll be tremendous amount of techniques and ways and experiences how time will be shrunk. I'll tell you what it means. Today, if I have to go see my mom, uh, who is in India, Hyderabad, uh, it's almost a 24-hour journey. It's no exaggeration. It will be in very early phases of testing those things where it might take only two hours for me to drive from here to maybe nearest location where I can, I get, I can get into a, a, a spaceship and then land straight into the closest location near Hyderabad and then get into a car or a drone and reach home, uh, 24 hours versus two hours. Uh, uh, at the end of the decade, you will actually start to see advancements in this place uh, in this area. Uh, life expectancy. Uh, I'm hoping life uh, life expectancy with quality will actually go go up. Uh, where area of uh, health science uh, through AI, quantum compute, uh, we start to understand uh, precursors of a lot of the lot of the diseases and then be able to actually uh, avoid and prevent it that way quality of our life becomes very very important at least these are two very very important areas and the rest is all experiences it's all about experiences and efficiencies too
This podcast is brought to you by 6G World. It is edited and produced by Kayo Castro and hosted by me, Renuka Racha. 6G World brings together news, events and ideas related to the next generation of communications. What the world might look like in 2030 and how to get there from here. 6G World is a platform for researchers, business and government leaders who are focused on the needs, technologies, policies and business models for a future beyond 5G.